0: You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 160, the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime.
1: Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential.
0: Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave stahoviak And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. Sandy, one of the great benefits that uh, I've gotten just on a purely selfish level over the years of being a co-host on the show with you is learning so many things about the world, um, organizations that you've partnered with, Sandy, and so much about this issue. Um, and one of the institutions that I've learned a little bit about in that time is the United Nations. And I'm really excited today to uh, be able to learn more about a part of the United Nations I'm, I'm uh, very unaware of, and I think our, our audience will learn a lot too. And today's guest comes from the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, and his name is Paniotis Papadimitrio. Uh, Paniotis is a crime prevention and criminal justice officer working in the human trafficking and migrant smuggling section of the organized crime branch of the Division of Treaty Affairs under the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime headquarters. He joined Sandy in Athens, Greece for the Conference on Human Trafficking during the Greece Summer Study Abroad. And uh, Sandy, that was this uh, past summer, wasn't it?
1: That's right. That's right. And we've been invited back. So welcome to the show. Um, We'll dispense with formalities, and we're just going to call you talkies because you've become a great friend. And we um, have learned so much from you since meeting you in Greece this last summer.
2: Well, uh, thank you very much, uh, Sandy. I have to say I'm very glad uh, to be here with you and talk to you. And uh, actually, it was a great pleasure for me to join you in Athens. And I have uh, to tell you that I have learned an equal lot, if not more, than you did through my participation there.
1: You're very, very kind. Um, First of all, though, let's tell our listeners about what the UNODC actually is and why Um, Combating Human Trafficking is situated in that office in Vienna.
2: Well, uh, UNODC, first of all, is uh, a department of uh, the Secretariat of the United uh, Nations, and is actually the department that is mandated by the member states to deal with issues uh, related to drugs and crime, countering drugs uh, drugs and preventing uh, drug abuse and criminality, and helping states implementing uh, the different international instruments and standards uh, relating to drugs and crime. Now, my section, the team I'm uh, working with, is actually the section of UNODC, who is specifically dealing with the international instruments on trafficking in persons and uh, the smuggling of migrants that is the united nations uh, protocol to prevent suppress and punish trafficking in persons especially uh, women and children and united nations uh, protocol against the smuggling of migrants by land sea and air which are both supplementing the convention against transnational organized crime so unodc is uh, as we say the guardian of these international instruments, uh, which means that uh, we are uh, responsible to assist states in implementing them. And when it comes to trafficking, to take all the measures that is necessary to criminalize uh, trafficking in persons in accordance with the international definition agreed in the protocol, to protect the victims of uh, trafficking, to prevent trafficking and also to partner among them, among the states, but also with other actors of uh, the civil society or international organizations, because as uh, you know very well, trafficking in persons is a multifaceted uh, phenomenon that requires a holistic response to be addressed. So, this is uh, the role of uh, UNODC in anti-trafficking, mainly supporting uh, states, uh, also coordinating uh, with other agencies, and I would say a great deal of our work also consists in developing uh, studies and doing research into human trafficking.
1: And that's a really interesting thing, place to start, because... When I went on the UNODC website and looked for human trafficking, I began to discover so many resources that would help me in the classroom where I'm teaching on human trafficking and through our, we also have an anti-human trafficking certificate. And so it's been easy for me to find examples of case law, um, legislation, those sort of things, because the... Your office produces the human trafficking knowledge portal, and when you say knowledge portal, and I click on that, it's not one or two articles; it is an entire bibliographic database included there. So, can you tell me how you how you developed that um, that knowledge base and how it's maintained so that I I know that it's up to date?
2: Well, uh, this is, uh, I mean, first of all, to, to keep it up to date is our responsibility, mm. uh, right? Uh, as you and, ODC, and uh, we are really doing our best to do that. So the, the Anti-Trafficking Knowledge Portal is essentially a database of legislation on the one hand and on a case law, jurisprudence, on the other hand. Anti-Trafficking uh, legislation is uh, provided to us uh, mainly by uh, member states, that are uh, requested uh, i mean officially to do so but also through through research through research that we are conducting and the results of which are validated of course uh, with uh, with uh, the member states uh, case law equally comes uh, from uh, experts uh, that uh, we have been working with uh, in different uh, jurisdictions and uh, consists mainly on uh, judgments and decisions of uh, courts of first instance, uh, second instance or uh, uh, you know supreme courts uh, that are uh, publicly, publicly available. I have to say we are very proud because a couple of months ago we have reached uh, the threshold of uh, 100 uh, states so we have in the case law database uh, jurisprudence coming from more than 100 jurisdictions around the world, which is a really great achievement uh, for us, and we are working uh, to increase the number even uh, further. Uh, in addition to 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 this database, we have also recently uh, published uh, a case digest uh, on uh, human trafficking, uh, which... Uh, presents uh, an analysis of the evidential issues um, discussed uh, in a number of uh, selected uh, uh, cases of trafficking. And this is a very important tool especially for criminal justice practitioners, uh, prosecutors and judges uh, because uh, in fact uh, our main target audience in UNODC are uh, People involved in the criminal justice processes, law enforcement officers, prosecutors, uh, and uh, judges. And these are the people, I mean, the the professionals that we mainly target uh, through our uh, capacity building and technical assistance activities, as well as, of course, legislators uh, when it comes to. Uh, develop uh, legislations in line with uh, the international uh, instruments.
1: So, so how would someone use that case database? Would they use it for developing their prosecution? Or, I'm I'm not not being an attorney. Break it down for me in really simple terms.
2: I will I will explain. to you first of all you know uh, the this the the. the, the the decisions and the judgments contained in the uh, in the database actually illustrate how uh, how the definition, how the offense of trafficking in persons uh, was interpreted in different situations uh, locally, and how judges and prosecutors understood the elements composing human trafficking. If you read the definition of human trafficking, I mean, it's a quite complicated, uh, complex uh, definitions in the protocol and uh, it is the same in um, most uh, national legislations, I have to say. Uh, we're talking about a very serious uh, crime, but which is also capturing a complex conduct. Uh, involving uh, uh, involving concepts uh, such as uh, deception, uh, fraud, abuse of a position of uh, vulnerability, consent of the victim, the um, uh, freedom of the victim, uh, for example, uh, to to comply or not uh, to an abusive and exploitative uh, behavior of the traffickers. All these issues. Uh, have been addressed over the years since uh, 2000 uh, when the protocol was adopted in several jurisdictions and the database allows practitioners to perform uh, searches for example through keywords for example consent of the victim according to the protocol consent is irrelevant uh, when uh, the means such as force threat or uh, deception in front have uh, have been used to exploit a victim of trafficking. There are several issues arising when we're talking about the consent of the victim and we want to to address it as irrelevant in a trafficking situation. So a practitioner that would that has to deal with a case of trafficking where there is an appearance of consent from the victim can go into the database, click on the keyword consent and see in the different jurisdictions Uh, and by reference to the domestic legislation, how the courts uh, uh, have uh, dealt with that issue. I mean, you know, situations may differ and uh, domestic uh, legislations and frameworks may be very different also. But I think uh, uh, the approaches can only be enriched by looking into how other people have dealt with. uh, Uh, with uh, those issues.
1: Well, and the inspiring thing for me is that most of my knowledge base has been situated right here out of California. Many of my listeners know I've been part of the Orange County Human Trafficking Task Force. So that means that it's very limited by U.S. law. And looking at international um, education, having the opportunity to search and find examples from other countries really strengthens understanding and the ability to actually be effectively a change agent in international situations. For instance, hosting and partnering on the conference in Athens last year and bringing actors from um, Kurdistan to that conversation and entering into dialogue that is based on on a much broader um, base and you have. To, I have to tell you, my students will have um, new assignments based on the ability to search those database and make comparative and contrasting analyses. So students, stand by for that assignment. I'm watching our time, and I have so many things on my agenda to ask you about Takis, especially the connection between human trafficking and migrant smuggling. Can we spend a few minutes on how the UN can help us, UNODC can help us understand that issue because it's such a huge crisis globally. The
2: distinction between uh, trafficking in persons and uh, smuggling of uh, migrants is actually of great interest to us because we have been seeing uh, since 2000 uh, that uh, not only students or uh, people that do not have specialized knowledge on the issue but also, government officials and uh, practitioners uh, tend to confuse and conflate the two situations. Trafficking in persons, smuggling of migrants, are two different uh, types of crimes, and they are addressed in two different protocols of the United Nations. Uh, very briefly, the main difference between the two, I would say, is that. Uh, uh, Trafficking involves the key concept of exploitation. And this is why it is such a terrible crime, because it involves uh, the exploitation of a person by another person, as if uh, a human being can become a commodity uh, or an object. And this exploitation is, uh, is meant Uh, ...to go on and on and on and on, as the human being who is exploited, is seen by the trafficker as a source of regular revenue, I would say. smuggling of migrants, on the other hand, uh, describes the situation where a person helps another person to cross a border illegally. To reach a state uh, of which uh, he is not he or she is not a citizen or a permanent resident, and that, in order for the smuggler to procure financial or other material benefit. So you see, here we are talking about uh, a rather a consensual, uh, at least initially, uh, relationship, where one person. ...seeks uh, the services of the smuggler to facilitate a movement across border... ...which would not be possible through legal means, I would say. When the border is crossed, the relationship is supposed to end. The money, the smuggling fee is paid... ...and the smuggler continues his journey or uh, finds his way in the destination... Uh, the destination country. So this is uh, the main difference. Another difference is the trafficking in persons and you know that uh, Sandy from your experience in California does not necessarily involve a crossing of a border. So trafficking can happen within the same country or even within the same city. A person can be recruited through uh, deception, uh, fraud or abuse, transported from one house to another and be exploited in forced labor or prostitution without even leaving, I would say, his uh, city mm-hmm. or uh, the area where uh, he or she lives, uh, while, while the smuggling of migrants, by definition, involves the crossing of an, uh, of an international uh, border. These are the main differences, and it is very important to distinguish the two crimes uh, because the responses uh, to them are different. Trafficking very often uh, is punished by much more stringent penalties than the smuggling of migrants. And most importantly, the victims of trafficking according to the international standards and uh, most domestic legislations are entitled to a series of uh, protection, assistance, and support measures in view of the rehabilitation and to overcome their uh, heavily traumatic experiences that are particular to them. So it is very, very important to correctly identify a situation uh, because otherwise uh, the victims of trafficking may, you know, may not be able to. Be given uh, the uh, the support and the treatment uh, they they are entitled to, and that would help them to 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 be rehabilitated. That said, in the global migration uh, crisis uh, that uh, we are facing, very often you know a situation can start as smuggling of migrants as consensual. Mm. Uh, and uh, as uh, very, very, you know, uh, I would say, uh, time-bound, but in the process, develop uh, in a situation that uh, is uh, assimilating to trafficking, or be actually, the, or evolve in trafficking. For instance, smugglers may may agree with uh, with a migrant uh, uh, to help him across an international border uh, but then in the process they realize that they may, they are able, you know, to make more money by exploiting that person. So a person who has initially consented to be smuggled may be facing, before he reaches his destination, conduct or treatment that is intended uh, to exploit him.
1: So one of the initiatives that's grown out of this understanding this overlap between trafficking and and smuggling migrant smuggling has been the the glow act global action to prevent and address trafficking in persons and the smuggling of migrants and it's a 4 year we're almost at the end well we're halfway through it's 2017 it started in 15 goes to 2019 can you tell me how that program is working? Is it effective? Can we look for lessons learned that we can start applying now?
2: Uh, yes, uh, well, this, uh, this program, if you wish, is a, is, a, is a program that we are currently, my section is currently implementing, and it targets 13 countries all over the, the world. Countries are different. We have Brazil and Colombia and Latin America uh, Egypt, Morocco, Mali, Niger, and South Africa in Africa, uh, then Bangladesh, uh, Laos, and Pakistan uh, in Asia, as well as uh, Ukraine and uh, Belarus in uh, Eastern uh, uh, in Eastern Europe. This is a project that is funded uh, by the European Union and implemented in partnership with the International Organization for Migration and uh, UNICEF. It is uh, working uh, very well. Uh, We have uh, deployed uh, staff, colleagues in every single of uh, the countries, uh, if I'm not mistaken so far, uh, where the project is implemented. And this is a great plus because they are able to follow closely the implementation and uh, liaise on a daily basis with our partners in the ground and the governmental authorities and be able to, to push constantly to achieve the result uh, that uh, that we are uh, uh, expecting now this is not really i would like to to to, to clarify that uh, this uh, the, the reason uh, the reason why both trafficking and smuggling are concerned is this uh, is because uh, my section is responsible for both and uh, our uh, interventions are uh, targeting either trafficking uh, in persons or the smuggling of migrants so it's not about uh, addressing an overlap uh, if you wish or or, uh, trying to respond to a situation that could be qualified at the same time as trafficking and smuggling but rather to help states uh, develop uh, comprehensive uh, responses to, to both crimes. Our interventions actually in some crime in some countries are more focused on trafficking, in others are more focused on smuggling. That depends on the local context and the local uh, priorities and needs, determined always in consultation with the, uh, with the, the local authorities. A great, I think a great uh, achievement of this uh, project and a lesson learned. Uh, is uh, of course uh, beyond the engagement of uh, the local authorities which is uh, key and uh, very high in all countries is the fact that we are able to connect countries between them and uh, to bring people from countries uh, from the countries where the project uh, is implemented uh, to meet up and uh, to discuss how uh, Uh, their uh, responses uh, to trafficking and smuggling are uh, being uh, uh, developed.
1: So it's very strategic. One of the, the wonderful things that I learned about when we first connected last year is the depth of the resources. When I talked about different terminology the next day, uh, I got an email from you with how to say human trafficking in 163 languages. Uh, that's That was just absolutely, well, you know I love data, so it's fun to learn those things. But if we as practitioners, and I'm really talking to my students and our listeners, if we want to make a difference, we can't come from just our own perspective. We need to understand other people's um, situations, and that includes what the legislative and judicial systems in those countries um, look like and how that functions. And that kind of leads me to my last question for this interview, because of course we'll invite you back, but what are the greatest challenges that you face in your job?
2: Our greatest challenges, there are so many.
1: First, (laughs) Let's take your top three.
2: First uh, is uh, still, uh, I would say the lack of uh, of understanding and awareness in many parts of the world and among many key actors of what trafficking uh, really is, what it involves, and what the impact on the victim is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there is a lot uh, a lot of work uh, to do there to bring not only the legislations and the frameworks in line with the international standards, but I would say also the mindsets, the mindsets Mm. In line with the gravity of uh, of uh, the crime. Another issue that is affecting us, uh, you know, is uh, the lack uh, the lack of uh, resources to, to do everything that we are planning to do and uh, all that uh, we have in mind to advance uh, the uh, the agenda around the world. And. Uh, a third, a third uh, challenge. I think uh, it's more related to our area of work, to the area of, uh, you know, helping uh, the development of uh, effective and efficient criminal justice responses to to those crimes. Uh, a challenge is, uh, I would say, the. Um, uh, not as as, uh, as strong as we would have wished. Uh, international cooperation to address uh, the transnational aspects of that crime, of of trafficking, but also smuggling. And uh, I think that uh, uh, the more uh, the more uh, we work on uh, on this, the better the, the results will be. But since you mentioned all. The, uh, trafficking in 163 different uh, languages. Uh, I would also need to tell you, and also for your students, that there is an additional resource that is uh, very useful, and we are very, very proud of it. In UNODC we would have been the same. is the Global Report on Trafficking in Persons, which is published every two years. Last edition was published in 2016, and the uh, next one is in 2019 which uh, contains uh, data on uh, uh, convictions, on victims, and uh, on patterns and uh, routes of trafficking in persons around uh, the world. So this is also available on, the, on our website and uh, accessible uh, to everybody. has a general part and also a part dedicated uh, to um, the countries uh, that have uh, contributed uh, uh, to the publication, and last but not least, in addition to me and my colleagues in the team here in UNODC headquarters, uh, it is useful also to know that there are uh, UNODC colleagues all around the world in different uh, regional and who are also uh, carrying out uh, work on uh, trafficking in persons, uh, supporting uh, local criminal justice practitioners implementing uh, projects uh, that are uh, national or regionally based. And it would be a pity also not to pay tribute to the work they are doing as well.
1: Well, this has been an amazing conversation and it's extremely important for especially students and people who are new in addressing human trafficking to consider the resources through the United Nations is not an isolated crime. It doesn't happen just in California. We can't just know California law. We can't just know U.S. law, but it's important for us to understand where victims come from, especially as we try to develop strategies to stop that. And it is such a pleasure to talk to you again, Takis.
2: No, it was a pleasure to talk to you for me, uh, Sandy, and uh, I wish you all the best uh, to your efforts, uh, and uh, also uh, best of success for uh, your students in their endeavors.
1: Well, I hope to see you again. Our, our students are going back to Greece. We're taking another class in May and June, and we will certainly invite you to um, join us again if you're available. So thank you, and it's just been a delight to, to talk to you again.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Sandy, for your kind words, and hope to see you very soon um, hopefully in Greece. Who knows?
1: All right. To Krono. Okay. All um, right. Bye-bye.
0: Sandy, yet another uh, incredible perspective from Takis on the work the United Nations is doing, and if this conversation has generated questions from you or maybe you want to learn more or get connected with us, we hope you'll take a moment to email us at feedback at endinghumantrafficking.org, or you can visit the Ending Human Trafficking website at endinghumantrafficking.org and uh, sign up for our newsletter there. Sandy, the Insured Justice Conference is going to be here in about three seconds, even though it's still a few I months know. away. I know.
1: I can hardly wait. I'm so excited.
0: It's going to be March 2nd and 3rd, 2018. You can register now at insurejustice.com. If you've never joined us for the conference here in Southern California, we hope you'll join us live. Go to insurejustice.com to register early. And Sandy, I will see you in two weeks. All right. Thanks, Dave. Bye-bye. Take care, everyone.